1: Hey everyone, I'm Nicole.
2: And I'm Ben, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim.
1: A true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast
2: contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Start this off. I was <laughs> just like well, blankly I thinking, like, should at we say you something? Because I was
1: like, are you starting us off? Or I was going to, but then you looked like you had something to say. But I felt then like you I really had a didn't.
2: stroke. I was like, uh, uh, no, nothing came out. So here we are. Hey, what's yeah, up?
1: Here we are. Wow, that was a, what, quite an intro there.
2: Well, welcome back to Wicked and Grim.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, we got some news today. But we're going to keep it fairly short because last few episodes we've gone on a little bit. But uh, to start with, we have a website now officially up and running.
0: Oh my God,
2: so check it out, wickedandgrim.com. we got a blog on there. Uh, we got links to all our social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and we're starting a YouTube channel, so it'll be there as well.
1: That's so cool. So they could even go and watch the YouTube video.
2: They can. We only have one up, and it's not a anything to brag about just yet, but... <laughs>
1: well, it's just like showing a, who we are a bit more in yeah. our, our life situation.
2: So yeah, put a lot of elbow grease into that website. So go check it out. Go give our blog a read. And, uh, of course, listen to all our podcast episodes if you haven't already. We appreciate yes. you guys and the support.
1: You just put that up last week, right? It went live?
2: It went live, uh, I think, on Thursday last week. Yeah. Or Sweet. something like
1: that. Sweet. And um, this is a you episode. And I'm normally having an alcoholic beverage because I need it. Because you usually pick quite intense t- cases like I think you did today.
2: Uh, this is the most intense case so far. Easily.
1: But uh, I'm drinking a cold juicery.
2: Yeah, we both got cold juicery again.
1: Um, And we just wanted to bring it up one more time because that discount code WICKED15, 15.
2: Yep.
1: Um, it's only active for like another week. So if you were wanting to try the juice and you haven't yet, now is your reminder to go do that.
2: Yeah. Head to cold juicery. Or is it their, their social media is cold juicery, right?
1: Yeah. 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 So
2: head to cold juicery. Um, you can order online or if you're local, uh, WICKED15 and you get yeah. 15% off.
1: Yeah. It's a sweet deal.
2: Boom. So you ready to get into this episode?
1: I don't know. I almost like, can we talk more? Because I'm worried. Because you've
0: said it's been so brutal. <laughs> this
2: is probably oh. the most brutal case we've covered so far. So I want to give like a, a severe trigger warning. Take our warning at the beginning of the podcast to heart. Like we, we mean it. I mean, when you're listening to the maple syrup case, maybe not so much. But mm-hmm. this one, yeah, it's um it dives into some really dark uh, torture, rape. So um, yeah. 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 Just warning about that. Because this, this case, because you know how every case has like, it's the murderer's name, the victim's name, um, location, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of time media puts like a, a nickname to it. Mm-hmm. The nickname or title of this case is 44 Days of Hell.
1: Oh, and I just hate that. I hate it's, everything about it.
2: And it's very literally 44 Days of Hell. This is the case of Junko Furuta. Oh. Okay. You ready?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think so. The amount of times in a week you remind me that this is a true crime podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I better be ready. I'm ready. <laughs>
2: yeah, you better be because this is nothing short of horrific. Okay. So, Let's forewarning buckle up your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, because that's our primary demographic. It is, actually. Fun fact. But there are some of you that gentlemen is a fun out there. Fact. And everyone in between and on either end, buckle up your seatbelts because this is going to be dark.
1: A bumpy rod.
2: Yeah. Okay, so let's get into this. So like I said, this is 44 Days of Hell, the story of Junko Furuta, and it takes place in November of 1988, the year you and I were oh, born. Oh,
1: yeah. So we were just
2: little babes.
1: Little tiny babies.
2: Um, Junko at the time, however, was not a little babe. She was 16 years old, so she was fairly young, but definitely oh, not a, a baby. Oh, shit. She's that young? She's that young. So oh. Junko was 16 years old, and she lived in Misato, Misato, Japan. Okay. Okay. So there's the Japanese names in here. I'm sorry if I butcher them. I'm gonna do my best. You're taking us
1: over to Japan. Hey, is this our first Japan case? I think this is
2: our first Japanese case. Yeah,
1: that's cool.
2: And it just so happens to be the worst one we've covered yet. Right on. (laughs) So she lived approximately 70 kilometers away from Tokyo. That's where Misoto or Masato, Japan, is located.
1: Okay.
2: She lived with her parents, and she was a middle child of two brothers. She attended Yashio Minami High School. I'm sorry, again, like butchering legit? names. <laughs> anyway, she attended that high school, and she worked at a part-time job in a plastic molding factory during her after-school hours Okay. for, I think it was about two months that she worked there. Okay. She's, you know, saving money up for graduation, that sort of thing, right, for after grad. We've all been there. You the know, time ending... of life, you need a job? Yeah, ending high school. My first job was a, a pizza place. Mine was Timmy's. Tim Horton's (laughs) serving up that good, good coffee. Yeah, (laughs) it's not even good coffee anymore. Tim Horton's is trash. It's not great. So I was slinging pizzas. That was fun. I got free pizzas though. That was that was. was was, I
1: actually reaped benefits of that too. Yeah, you did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So while she was working, attending school, she was a pretty good individual. She kept her nose clean, sort of, sort of speak. Uh, She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She was fairly well liked by all her classmates. She was. You know, kind of pretty popular. She had high grades, uh, very frequent and in, uh, infrequent, sorry, absenteeisms. Uh, she was also like a very beautiful girl, very warm and caring smile, which only added to her popularity.
1: Oh, wow. So. She sounds awesome.
2: I think it's like um, one of those things. What's that? Um, when you graduate, valedictorian. Oh, I think she's okay. kind of like valedictorian type material. Okay. From what I've read, anyways.
1: Popular, so. but smart. Exactly. Good head on your shoulders. Very yeah. well liked. Yeah.
2: So, unfortunately, though, um, her beauty did catch the eye of a school bully as well. Um, his name, this dude is fucking trash. Hate to say his name, but we are going to say his name. I don't want to give him any more credit than he needs, but he's Hiroshi Miyano. So, okay. Hiroshi was not only a school bully, though, he was also known to have affiliate ties with the Yakuza, which is not cool. Do you know what the yakuza is? No, I
1: have no idea. You have no idea what the yakuza is. <laughs> I have no is? idea.
2: The yakuza is like Japanese gangsters? Oh, okay. Like the, I
1: kind of figured something like that.
2: They're the eastern equivalent of the American mafia. Like they are hardcore.
1: Oh, okay. And he's in this high school and he has ties to that, hey? Yeah. Interesting.
2: Well, the thing is with yakuza, a lot of the times it's like um it's passed down generation generation. Oh, so sort of his- thing.
1: His family, his
2: family most likely had ties, which means he has those ties, and he's leading in that family way. Uh, So yeah. Anyways, they're basically known for like how ruthless they are, um, and they're regarded as one of the most sophisticated and wealthiest criminal organizations in the world. Huh. So Yakuza, like, um, if you go to Japan today, yeah, you generally want to cover up your tattoos because tattoos generally show you have ties to criminal activity. Because the Yakuza are known for their full body tattoos.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: And they're often seen like in very, very well dressed like suits and all this sort of stuff. They're very sophisticated looking individuals, but they're like fully tattooed like neck to ankles.
1: So if you went, you'd have to cover your tattoos? Yeah. If
2: really? you have tattoos, you're not allowed in a bathhouse in Japan. Because there's like, you know, like a pool or a hot tub or whatever like that, right? Huh. Yeah, you can't. They're prohibited if you have tattoos
1: interesting okay
2: learning some new stuff today
1: yeah always
2: okay so where am i here i've been chatting and i looked away from my list okay here we go okay so hiroshi you know being attracted to junko eventually approached her and asked her out but junko respectfully declined which didn't do well for uh hiroshi's pride and confidence right so his Well rep-
1: suck it up, buttercup. I know,
2: right? Like this this dude like fucking takes it to heart with his reputation and shit well, like, Yeah, fuck rejection
1: off. is part of life.
2: It is. So, anyways, you can only imagine like this this made him furious. He's pissed because he gets what he wants, sort of thing. Ugh, he's that kind of guy.
1: I already think he's an asshole.
2: Oh, he is. Just just wait.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Anyways, Hiroshi set out on revenge against Junko. Sweet. He didn't really have a plan of any sorts, but he had. He's like, I'm gonna fucking get her for this. Just because she thing. said no. Yep. Just because he turned her down, or she turned him down.
1: Wow. Okay. Right on.
2: So on November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight, Hiroshi and his friend—I'm um, gonna butcher names here. I'm sorry. Nobu Rahu Minato. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the
1: facial expression that you have trying to pronounce. I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Nobuharu. Nobu Haru, Nobu Nobu Haru, Nobu Haru, I think is how it is.
1: So his friend.
2: Yes, his okay. friend Nobu Haru, um we're wandering around town with and this is where we start kind of understanding the sort of people they are, um, with the intention of robbing and raping local women.
1: Sweet. Yeah,
2: so these guys are fucking assholes.
1: So is that friend part of the freaking gang thing too?
2: Um I don't know how his friends are tied into the yakuza or if they are just tied in via hiroshi oh, okay i never did find any specific links with that i do know his friends are walking down the same sort of path whether they are actually tied or they just think that they're like well that's like really
1: know. fucked like who goes downtown and high school wandering around looking to rob I know. and rape
2: women it's fucked up
1: like that's brutal
2: so anyways they had a group of friends who had a history of gang rape which is Holy fucking gross shit. and they recently had actually kidnapped and raped another girl whom they released afterwards wow so this is a sort of fucking trash we're dealing with like uh, garbage uh, human beings
1: and they're not getting like caught from that one yeah no <laughs> okay
2: it ties to the accuser people are, are afraid to speak up or say anything
1: wow. even the police are afraid Die. Of yeah Sweet. It so, sounds like a really good situation. Not,
2: not very much, no. I, I think your head's in the wrong space. It's not a good situation No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> I know, it's bad. If people okay. don't
1: know my sarcasm by now. I know, I know.
2: <laughs> at 8.30 p.m., they spotted Junko uh, riding her bike home after school as she finished her shift at her job after school. So this was perfect for Hiroshi and, Hiroshi and his mind. So, he ordered his friend to attack her. Okay? okay. So, his plan was that his friend would run at her, kick her off, his, off her bike, knocking her to the ground, then quickly fleeing the scene. Okay? Okay. Leaving Hiroshi to jump in and help her to her feet as a gentleman and escort her safely home. Oh. So, this is the plot that he set up. Which, I mean, is... So, is, he's
1: trying to, like, win her over still, but it probably mean something's
2: going the wrong way. Uh, We'll get into that in a minute here. Okay. But from the surface, he's trying to be the gentleman, you know, like, and win her over sort of thing in a very trash, skeevy sort of way. Yeah,
1: I know, because she wouldn't have got knocked off her bike if it wasn't for him. exactly.
2: So this this is like a typical Hollywood movie sort of thing where it's like, oh, you know, go do this so I can, like, swoop in sort of thing. Yeah. Don't do that, kids. It's stupid. It is stupid. But definitely don't do what he does do because he has other plans in mind than what you just see on the surface. So under this pretenses of witnessing the attack by coincidence, Hiroshi approached Junko, helped her up, you know, offered to walk her home. uh, And she reluctantly accepted his offer.
1: Oh, she should have said hell no.
2: She should have, but I don't think it would have changed much in all honesty. Yeah. So they began to walk. But however, she was unaware that Hiroshi was actually not leading her in the right direction, he was in fact leading her to a nearby warehouse where he began to reveal his connections to the Yakuza.
1: Okay. Specifically to her. When she would have turned him down or whatever, she didn't know. No. I mean, not that that
2: some people, you know, thought and that sort of thing. There was like talk gossip of it. And he's like, specifically he's like, yeah. So,
1: okay. So now she is
2: alone with some fucking dude who's got all these gang fucking ties leading her to a warehouse.
1: He's a bad guy.
2: Yeah. So once inside the warehouse, Hiroshi attacked her and raped her.
1: Oh, just off the bat there. Right Right
2: to it. Oh, I want to. Oh my gosh!
1: What a nasty mofo! It's
2: disgusting. And this is only beginning. This is just the start of this.
1: Because this is day one, and you already gave us that weird title.
2: So shortly after, again, in a nearby hotel, he brought her there and raped her again. The whole time, he continued to threaten to kill her, and if she fought back or tried to run, she was going to die. Hmm. From the hotel, Hiroshi called his friend Minoto, Minato, I think was his last name, his friend who kicked her off the bike. Okay. I'm going to say Minato because that's his easier name to say. Yeah, okay. Um, and his other friends, Joe Ogura and Yash- Yasushi Watanbe, I think that's how you say <laughs> their names. I'm really struggling with this. I'm sorry. Anyways, he called his other two friends. So there's a total of four boys now. Okay. Um And he bragged to them about having Junko and raping her. Wow. Yeah. What
1: a piece of shit.
2: So one of those friends is also a piece of shit. Well, they all are, but. Um,
1: they all, I'm sure are. They,
2: they all are. But one of his friends in this conversation, when Hiroshi was bragging about it, he reportedly asked Hiroshi to keep her there. So he and numerous others could assault and rape her as well.
1: No. No.
2: Yes. That is what happened.
1: This is like the crowd that they're hanging. Like, the and these are young boys. Like, oh my god. These are gosh. teenagers. These are
2: high school kids.
1: I mean, not that it matters the age, but jeez.
2: I think they were, they were varying age. I think two of them were 17, one was 16, and one was 18, I think.
1: Oh, I wish I had
2: alcohol. Yeah, you don't. You got to sit through this.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: So around 3 a.m., Hiroshi took Juko to a nearby park where he and his... Or where his friends were waiting, sorry. By this time, Hiroshi had learned Juko's home address from a notebook in her backpack as well. Because he was going through her things and shit. Sweet. They told her that that she knew where she lived now. So... If she didn't do what they said, yeah. she tried to her run. Your whole
1: family's at risk now. Yeah.
2: Your family will die if you try and leave. You try and escape. You try to call for help. Your family will die.
1: And honestly, it's like, that's probably the truth, really.
2: Probably. <sighs> probably. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. Because, I mean, he might have ties to the Yakuza. Yakuza, sorry. But he is a fucking kid. So, what is he going to do? Run home, tell his dad that a girl that he was raping got away. So, we should go kill her family.
0: Like, yeah, probably but or not. him
1: and those three friends though could go and do something because he's already freaking pissed yeah. off.
2: Oh yeah,
1: doesn't like her.
2: Mm-hmm. So I, I don't.
1: There's a possibility. There's a
2: possibility, but I don't know if it's a probability. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: I don't know, but then yeah, in that situation, I'm sure you'd think it was very much so. Yeah, a exactly. I'm not.
2: I'm not questioning her decisions. I'm, well, I'm questioning yeah. whether his threat. If he actually was real. would do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyways, from there, the four boys took her to, um, you know, what? I'm going to try and say his first name. Cause just for consistency, I've been saying all the other first names. So here we go. Um, Nobuaru. Nobuaru. And went to Nobuaru's house, uh, which became their regular hangout and Junko's official prison for the next 44 days. Okay,
1: sorry. Took, took her to some, one of their houses?
2: Yes. One of the four boys' houses. Okay.
1: I got really distracted. The
2: boy who kicked her off the bike. Okay. So they took Junko to his house.
1: Okay. Do you want to know why I got really distracted? It's kind of funny, actually. Why? Because when we're trying to pronounce words, because remember that one case I did? It was like, jenna And you just like, <laughs> roo? Like, we always just oh, add roo at the end of our, we no can't boo-a-ru? pronounce.
2: <laughs> no boo-a-ru? Was I making fun of you on, like, behind the scenes? Or was that on air?
1: I don't know. Jenneru? I think behind the scenes, I was like, jenna <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: Oh, right. Because you're like, how do I pronounce his name? jenna And then I started laughing at you for it. Okay, anyways. you kind of just did that. Sorry. My bad. Keep going. Well, then make fun of me. (laughs) Anyways, they took Junko to this boy's house where it was now her official prison and their regular hangout. Oh. And once they got there, of course, they began to gang rape her. So this is not even 24 hours and she's been raped multiple times. That
1: makes me want to barf. Like, that's just so nasty. That's just so disgusting. Just
2: wait. Just wait. So when Nobuaru... Nobuaru... When his parents were around, Junko was forced to act as his girlfriend. What? Yes. However, they quickly dropped this pretense as it became clear that his parents would not report anything to the police. Why? Because Nobuaru's parents stated they did not intervene because they were aware of Hiroshi's Yakuza connections and were afraid for their lives.
1: That is bullshit. Bullshit.
2: And because their own son was becoming increasingly violent towards them. (sighs) Nobuaru also had a brother who did nothing to prevent this, which I'm going to assume probably partook in raping at some point. Though I couldn't find anything on it. That's my assumption. But if he didn't do anything, I'm sure he didn't just sit back and not do anything. He probably partook.
1: Wow. Okay. That is
2: unbelievable. The family did nothing. Of this girl imprisoned in the house.
1: That's. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. I'm mad.
2: <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach, honestly. Yeah. But that's
1: freaking effed. You okay? No, but keep going, cause I'm sure it gets fucking worse. Oh, it does.
2: It does. Like, remember, this is only like a couple days in. Um, hold on. Did I get a date wrong here? I gotta go back for a second. Just check something. Because I said November... Oh, that was the 25th. Okay, so no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay, so on November 27th, Junko's parents and police filed her as a missing person. You know, she's been missing. She went missing at 8.30 p.m. on November 25th.
1: So, sorry, her parents?
2: Yes, Junko's parents. Okay, okay. So on November 27th, she was officially a missing person. Okay. Okay. So new sources, of course, you know, began to distribute her picture, asking for the public's help. And local authorities began investigating, starting with her disappearance and last known whereabouts, which which was 8.30 p.m. when she left work. Yeah. This, of course, made Hiroshi and the other boys a bit nervous because now everyone's out there looking for her. So to get the police off their trail and halt the investigation, they forced Juko to call her parents and say she had actually run away and was safe staying with some friends. No. The boys continued with the idea that if she didn't do so, they would kill her, her her family, and if they tried to run, like, they're going to be hunted down, the Yakuza will get you.
1: That's really sad.
2: So this would be the last time Junko spoke to her
1: parents. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) I just want to address this. Like, even though Junko was kidnapped, so far beaten, gang raped over the course of these past few days, she was still able to call her parents keep her composure prevent them from realizing something was wrong and say her final goodbye to her parents to protect all in the name of protecting her family yeah so this right here junko is our badass of the day she goes through fucking hell and high water all to protect her family
1: yeah i could cry i'm so sad for her though
2: (laughs) i yeah (laughs)
1: I just feel like that, okay, that's just so sad to have to do that, like get your shit together when you're like in basically the worst moment of your life ever, ever imaginable. Yeah. And to phone and like, and you could think it's your last goodbye or whatever. And And she
2: keeps it all together and lets her parents know that she's safe and make sure that she does it all just to protect her family.
1: Yeah, that's, well, hmm.
2: it's extremely sad.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that is like pr- really impressive of her.
2: Yeah, so Junko is our official badass of the day, just go. throwing that out there. Okay. So, with news of Juko calling and informing her parents that she was safe, the police investigation stopped. Oh. They stopped investigating, right. asking questions, searching for Juko. She was now an indefinite prisoner <sighs> in no hopes of, no hopes of rescue.
1: I don't know why that was shocking to me that the investigation (laughs) would be off. You know,
2: I'm kind of shocked too because just because someone says, oh, no, I'm good. Like, really? Are you good? How do we know? How do we know you're not at some dude's house being forced to say this, right? Your
1: parents would still obviously probably be worried, you think.
2: I'm sure they're worried, but they took her word for it. She's a really good girl, right? So they're trusting her. Yeah. So now she's trapped. No one looking for her. The group of boys continue to hold Juko captive in this house for 40 more days. For a total of that, 44 days in hell. That's fucked. So, we're gonna get into what happened to Juko throughout these days. Are we really? Yes. Okay. So, buckle up, because this is where it gets oh, bad.
1: Oh no. Oh
0: no. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too
2: raped and tortured during those 40 days she wasn't just assaulted by the four boys they shared her with whoever they wanted there are some reports of her being raped over 400 times by 100 different individuals i said that really weird different individuals
1: holy fuck
2: it makes me sick to my fucking stomach that 100 different people went there to take advantage of her
1: Knowing she was missing.
2: Yes. And didn't do anything to help her. Had no fucking conscience. And fucking added to her torture.
1: Those people are just as bad.
2: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: Just as bad. Because like out of a hundred people, not one of them would be like decent enough to go to the fucking police and say something.
2: And this is why it leads me to believe that that one boy's brother was probably raping her as well. Because a hundred different people approximately were involved in raping her. I'm sure he was one of them. He's in that house. Seeing people come and go, he probably joined in.
1: Holy shit. I can't even believe that. Like, this is a gang members coming. Like, I just can't even believe yeah.
2: that. And the parents are just letting this happen. Holy frig. Just letting it happen. All these people come and go and just take part in this sickening shit.
1: I'm just, like, shocked almost. Like, that's just... I can't even. Yeah. No. So,
2: according to the statement of the boys some of the things she went through included severe beatings and I mean severe beatings um, often with bamboo sticks the four boys shaved her pubic hair forced her to dance to music while naked and masturbate in front of them each night she was left on a balcony with very little clothing and I can imagine people would be seeing this and just not saying shit well yeah (laughs) what? yeah she was force-fed large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water, and near the end, only milk. God knows why, but
0: she okay. was also
2: forced to smoke multiple cigarettes, and uh, like at once. Sorry, just smoke like a shit ton of cigarettes and inhale paint thinner. Cigarette burns were put, or cigarettes were put out on her, not just on her, but also wow. on her genitals.
1: Wow. Repeatedly,
2: she had her arms and legs soaked with lighter fluid and lit on fire. Wow. Wow. She was hung from the ceiling and used as a literal punching bag. She forcefully had her nipples pierced with sewing needles, and she had her left nipple ripped off with a pair of pliers. This is (sighs) fucked up.
1: I know. I don't even know what to say. Holy shit.
2: Like, it is so fucked. Wow. This case is 44 days of hell for a reason. I found this case scrolling through TikTok, and once I started researching it a bit, I just could not believe the shit she went through. And this is only some of the reports. I'm sure they didn't say everything.
1: Yeah. Like, I can't even... Okay. They literally, like, obviously get caught or something at one point, and it's like they have to t- tell, like, police what the fuck they did? Yeah. Like, can they, I just can't even imagine that they, like, do they not feel like just they, oh, like, ah, I can't even talk. I don't think
2: they fucking feel anything. I don't think they fucking
1: care. Holy shit. Like, I feel bad if I, like, killed a mouse and had to tell someone that. Yeah. And they're, like, doing this kind of shit to someone and having to, like, then testify or whatever. Like, they're nasty motherfuckers. Oh
2: fuck yeah they deserve to burn actually because i did a a quick story on tiktok about this i summed this all up in 60 seconds and one of the comments we got in the video was imagine if she like passes on and becomes some fucking like spirit or some something of like some goddess of some sort and she's waiting on the other side for these guys for her vengeance
1: oh yeah i hope so i fucking hope that's the case something i hope that she can get some sort of hell yes wow Wow.
2: So that's just some of the torturous parts she went through as far as beatings. They also, of course, sexually assaulted her, raped her, sodomized her, also with various objects, including lit matches, metal rods, skewers, glass bottles, fireworks, scissors, and even a light bulb. A fucking light bulb.
1: Holy shit.
2: That's breaking inside her.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. I, fuck. Anyways, through all this torture and rape, she began to actually lose muscle function and began to urinate and defecate on herself as she couldn't control her own body due to the severe damage and infectious wounds.
1: Well, honestly, like, she's probably just wishing that she would die.
2: She was, at times, begging for them to yeah, kill her.
1: I could only imagine.
2: So by the end of December... Junko was severely malnourished after being fed only small amounts of food and, like I said, eventually milk only and milk. Stuff. Yeah. Due to her severe condition, she lost strength and was even unable to walk because she was just being beaten so much, malnourished, and she eventually became confined to the floor of the boy's bedroom in which she was staying at his house, right? On January 4th, 1989, Hiroshi and the boys were actually playing mahjong. Mahjong. I don't know how. It's, if it's, I don't know
1: what that is. Mahjong.
2: It's. Um, I don't even
1: give a shit what they're doing. It's kind no. of like a
2: domi- a Japanese domino kind of game they're, where you lay tiles uh, down. Fun. Um, they're playing mahjong with Junko. and after losing to her, they began to once again severely beat her. Cause she's she's smart. Remember, she knows how. Like she's very intelligent. Yeah. She probably whooped their ass at the game very easily.
1: Still, even after like the condition she's in.
2: Yeah. So. The four boys began to kick and punch her while she's laying on the floor. They ignited candles, dripping hot wax on her face and eyes. (laughs) I can't fucking get over this. I'm sorry. They forced her to drink her own urine and through the beating, she eventually fell into a fit of convulsions while the boys continued to assault her. They continued because this wasn't abnormal. This happened before.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: She was bleeding and pus was seeping from her wounds. So much of the boys were actually wrapping their hands in plastic bags to prevent getting any of her fluids oh, on them. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. Okay, I I feel like I'm like acting very quiet. Sorry, but I'm just like, I. my brain just can't even. I just can't I even. can't
2: wrap my mind around this either. It's so, so fucked up. They continued to beat her and they began to again pour lighter fluid onto her, her her thighs, arms, face, stomach, and they set her on fire while dropping dumbbells on her, like weightlifting dumbbells on her stomach.
1: Oh, Please tell me that's the end.
2: Junko allegedly made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. The attack reportedly lasted up to two hours, and it left her laying motionless on the floor. Junko finally succumbed to her wounds and she died. Oh my
1: god, I can't believe she lasted that long.
2: 44 days of hell. And I mean absolute hell.
1: Absolute hell. Like, I don't even think hell is that bad.
2: No. However, the boys actually didn't realize she died because convulsions, being unconscious, was normal. That's how they beat her. Holy shit! It was almost 24 hours later when they realized she wasn't just unconscious, but she had died. I cannot believe
1: that they kept her this long. I know. And, like, I also, like, I'm sorry, but I can't get over the parent situation. Like, that parent situation to me is so unbelievably fucked.
2: Yeah. Like, they I mean, the whole, the
1: whole thing is, but it's like, you're going to just let your kid, like, do this?
2: Well, let's put this into perspective a little bit here. Not that I'm agreeing with the parents. Don't get me wrong there. Just that sounded like I was going to. I'm not. Um, if the parents are putting up with this with their kid being a teenager now and they're afraid for their life or the bad shit he's doing. How did they raise him to start with? If they probably put in proper fucking parenting, they probably wouldn't have got to where they are today.
1: Well, I know. I I honestly like, I I really, I don't, I feel bad saying this, but you could assume that they're just shit, shit parents. Well, if they're
2: not doing anything about a girl being (sighs) Raped by over a hundred individuals, brutally beaten over the course of over a month in your own house. They're fucking shit. Humans, Mm -hmm. parents, everything.
1: Yeah, that makes me so ill.
2: So. So within 24 hours, they actually did realize that she was dead, not just unconscious.
1: Oh my God, they deserve a fucking medal. They're dumbass motherfuckers. I know.
2: But they weren't too concerned with her death because apparently, she became she became too ugly over the course of the forty-four days due her to due to her severe wow. beating. Wow! And they weren't too upset with it; they were kind of grossed out by her at this point.
1: Wow! Cool.
2: Yeah, but they were concerned about getting caught by the police.
1: Please tell me they do, and please tell me that they're dead.
2: We'll get on. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. So the boys wrapped up her body in some towels. Shoved her into a duffel bag and put her inside an oil drum, then began to fill it up with concrete and dispose of her body on a cement truck.
1: What does that even mean?
2: I'm not too sure what dispose of her body on a cement truck means. I'm pretty sure because they did find her body eventually clearly. So they like put
1: the it. body in cement.
2: They they encased her in cement inside an oil drum, and then I'm like put that drum on a truck somewhere, probably where there's other drums filled with yeah. cement or something. Any any report I could find, it was just on a cement truck. That's okay. all it ever said. So, and that was... Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. So that was that for the four boys. They basically just went on with their life. They didn't care about Junko. Like no, they didn't care like about what they did. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. So much so, in fact, they continued their assault and violence on oh, others. Oh, you're
1: kidding me.
2: Nope, dead serious. I don't
1: know why that shocks me, but good freaking Lord.
2: It was two weeks later, the police arrested Hiroshi and one of his friends, Joe, on a separate gang rape charge. So they just keep doing it to other people.
1: Wow, holy frig. Well, they wow. got away with it.
2: Why not do it again? Because clearly they don't feel a fucking thing for human beings or anyone.
1: Oh, they're like scum of earth, eh?
2: You'll, you'll like this part, though, once they're captured here. For these rape charges because during Hiroshi's interrogation the police mentioned an open murder investigation even though there wasn't actually one they're just using tactics to try and get him to talk about other shit he's done right so we know that there's a rape investigation we think you might be tied to it they're just using it oh. to get him to try and talk right okay and believing that his friend that he was captured with Joe who was involved in Juko's rape beating murder all of that so bleeding believing joe was spilling the beans hiroshi just started talking
0: oh
1: my gosh he's an idiot
2: he is he's a fucking asshole douchebag idiot every fucking name i can come oh up every
1: with. name things we shouldn't be saying on here even oh, yeah. oh did i just pull my shit out
2: i don't know did you what'd you do
1: I don't know. I was playing with the cord because I need something to calm myself. Well, stop playing with the cord. I think we're good. We're <laughs> good.
2: <laughs> so Hiroshi confessed to the whole thing, recounting the forty-four <sighs> days of torture, and told the police where they could find Juko's body.
1: And they were probably just like shocked.
2: Oh fuck Freaking yeah! Freaking like because as far as they know, Juko's just ran away and safe. Yeah,
1: and hanging with friends. Yeah.
2: So, originally, the names of the four boys were actually being withheld by the Japanese court because they were teenagers and considered minors. However, a journalist exposed them and published their names, stating that after what they had done to her, they didn't deserve to have no. their human rights upheld. Oh, and I 100%, 100%
1: agree. 100% agree.
2: <sighs> so, all per- four perpetrators were caught. However, I'm sure... Not all 100 were identified. These four boys were the only ones who were identified.
1: Okay, none of the other ones were ever got caught or identified.
2: No. Not as far as I could find in my reports anyways. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. You good?
1: No. Because I think all of them deserve to die. Oh,
2: fuck yeah. They deserve to fucking rot and burn. So, anyways... However, because they were all underage and they were caught and everything, right?
1: What? They were tried as
2: juveniles, not as adults. They
1: actually got tried as juveniles? They did. Am I saying that wrong? How?
2: So, three of the four boys served less than eight years in jail. Okay. And the leader, Hiroshi, was sentenced to 17 years.
1: But after his appeal, um, someone murdered him in prison, right? Hopefully.
2: No. After his appeal though, instead of lowering his sentence, there was a judge who actually raised his sentence three years to a total of 20 years.
1: Okay. Well, good for that judge, but it should have been life for show.
2: I know. The same judge also did increase two other boys sentences when they appealed, um, from five years actually originally to the eight years. So he did increase sentences as much as he could. That
1: is not enough time.
2: It's not. If you do the math, all four boys are free today.
1: And that Yeah, I have done that in my head.
2: They're walking around. Free. And they're
1: probably still complete assholes doing shit, th- like shit things. Oh, I guarantee it. Like that Guarant one leader tea. says she's probably like full in the gang. and. Yep.
2: And I couldn't really <sighs> find exactly how this worked. So I didn't like... Write information on this, but I can kind of describe it to you as best as I can. Um, there was a court order of it was I believe seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars equivalent uh, to be paid to Junko's family by I think it was Hiroshi's parents. I wasn't I couldn't really find a determine a specific Is fact on leader? it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, none of that money went to, to her parents. None of it. Why? It went to the other three boys who were imprisoned alongside Hiroshi instead. Why? Because that's just where they gave the money. And the government couldn't do anything about it or didn't do anything about it or whatever. That doesn't
1: make any sense to me. I know.
2: I know. And once they were let out of prison, they had this money and they just (sighs) fucking partied it away. Yeah. Yeah. So again, don't quote me on that because I couldn't really find many facts on it. So I'm just kind of describing what I, I know, but I couldn't find facts. So that's what I know, but I don't know for sure.
1: So, this is just all around shit, hey?
2: Oh yeah, so like I said, all four boys have been released from jail by now. they're in society and but while Hiroshi was still in jail this this is just the icing on the cake. his mother went out and desecrated Juko's grave because she blamed Juko oh. for her son being in jail.
1: Are you serious? dead
2: fucking serious, so it just goes to show his fucking family and their yeah. attitude.
1: So he probably got out of jail and just like
2: right back to living
1: it. Living in his life, parents like think he's fine and everything's just fine and dandy and Yep. Wow. Wow.
2: And she probably never would have been found if it wasn't for Hiroshi thinking Yeah. any of this and confessing it all. So they did find her body. She has been laid to rest, but they probably never would have
1: I'm like just like flabbergasted by the parent situation in this too. Like it's just I just can't even I just can't even like am I gonna even be able to sleep <laughs> On a scale
2: tonight? of one to even you just can't.
1: I just can't. I'm just done. <laughs> just done.
2: It's it's a brutal case. And that that's like that's that all I have for the case. Girl. That's it. I know.
1: Sixteen years old only.
2: Yeah. And to be fair, all the information we have. Is all recounts from these four boys. So they could even be downplaying it. They oh, could have probably. done much worse to her.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't even actually believe that they confessed to that much.
2: I know. So I'm sure there was an autopsy that was able to show some. But poor
1: thing. The poor thing.
2: Still. So Juko, and her poor family. Yeah. Juku was our badass of the day. She went through literal hell. And her perpetrators are... They make me fucking sick. hmm Sick. I'm sorry if you guys actually went through and listened to this whole episode because it is, it's, like I said, sick. Yeah. But we appreciate you being here. And, uh, I don't know, rest in peace to Junko because that's just no terrible. No
1: kidding. And I just need to say, I wonder if that judge who, like, increased her sentence, if his life is almost, like, in jeopardy, too, with the whole, like, hopefully everything's okay there because, like, he's, I'm really appreciative of him, too. <laughs> yes. No kidding. Um. So. But yeah, a lot of times there's like some uh, uh, okay-ish outcomes from a case, and this is just no. This is not
2: one of them. There's a lot of controversy surrounding how these boys were tried and the very little sentencing that they got. Oh yeah, so
1: that's just, it's it just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah. And uh, next week I was going to do like a pretty intense case too, and I'm I'll just think about that. <laughs>
2: You're not going to do an intense case now? I don't not back know. back to back? I'm
1: just like these poor people. I'm like, oh.
2: Well, I'm not sure if you can uh, compete with what Junko went through. Who yeah, knows? no. We'll maybe out, mine
1: though. isn't even that bad now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, we'll find out next time. Next yeah. week.
1: Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening.
2: And Make sure you guys stay wicked.
1: Stay wicked.